Business Buzz Podcast. The, the Business Buzz. Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on Vow FM 88.1 uh, for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on the youth station in Bramfontein. That's the voice of Vitz. We're broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein and my name is Mudiwa Mob Justice Gavaza and I'll be your host for the next hour. Hour. Who's to say that business can't be exciting? We're certainly here to make sure that it's exciting, that it's relevant, and that you know how and why it is affecting you and your pocket. So definitely make sure you keep it locked as we aim to keep you entertained and intrigued about the finances, business, commerce, and that world today. So for today's show, it's going to be quite an interesting one uh, because we are talking about the retail industry and debt. Uh, because recently Pick and Pay um, actually launched a product sometime last year, if I'm correct, um, around uh, get it, around um, debt uh, for groceries. So basically, you can actually get your groceries for credit. And we're going to be just be talking about this particular issue. And together with that, we're going to also be talking about what it means to have a very good credit score in South Africa. How is it calculated? Why is it important? And why should you be caring about this thing? So that's how our show is looking. So definitely make sure you don't turn that down. We're here until about 7 p.m. Also coming up uh, on the show, we're having our business wrap with Ken Swettenham. Definitely make sure you listen to that as we give you a roundup of the week's business and economics news and then we have our buffalo index so we give you the state of your 100 rand also make sure you keep in touch with us join in the conversation tell us about uh, your experiences with debt uh, do you have cards are you buying clothes on 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 credit and all of that stuff on facebook we have vow fm that's the voice of vits and you can also find our content on the vits radio academy page on twitter we are at Vow FM and our hashtag is hashtag business buzz and then 0840784912 that's our WhatsApp line and you can also stream us live that's vowfm.co.za and remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business and I'm also happy to announce um, courtesy of our technical producer um, that we are now on iTunes uh, that's confirmed yes yes we are on iTunes as well so if if you have an iTunes account, you can go find a podcast of the Business Buzz show there as well. So that's how our show is looking. We are talking credit. We're talking pick and pay. We're talking uh, consumerism. So that's how our show is looking. On the other side of this, we get into our business rap. Keep it locked. This is 88.1. Business rap with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to get into our business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's business and economics news. And to give us that, we have our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, on the line. How are you, Ken? I'm very well this evening, and yourself? I'm fine, thank you. Um, As we begin our discussion, I think uh, one of the big things that's actually happened today, in fact, a few hours ago, uh, we had uh, the Reserve Bank Governor giving us a bit of announcement um, on some of the key indicators in the economy and also an announcement on interest rates. Uh, Can you give us um, some insights on what actually took place and um, was it anything unexpected? Well, to answer the second part of your question first, it was nothing unexpected. Interest rates have remained on hold, with the repo rate remaining at 6.5%. 
And that's exactly what I think everybody expected. We, we weren't expecting any cuts or increases. And also, as expected, the governor uh, made it clear that there are upward pressures on inflation, that these are things like the increase in VAT at the beginning of April, the increase in fuel price. Uh, obviously, the, the oil prices are leading into that. And that's leading into increase in food prices. And in fact, we saw the April inflation figures announced earlier this week. And inflation jumped from 3.8% in March to 4.5% in April, still within the Reserve Bank's 3 to 6% range. So, and that's why we didn't get a, an increase in, in the, the interest rates. But yes, the Reserve Bank governor made it very clear that there's upward pressure on inflation, which may affect uh, uh, future decisions regarding the interest rates. And if inflation carries on going up, we can obviously expect the, the uh, interest rates to probably increase maybe later this year. Um, in terms of in terms of that, uh, what are some of the other indications um, that the MPC actually takes into account? You've just given us uh, some of the local um, some of the local factors, such as the price of fuel and the VAT issues. Do they look to see um, what monetary policy is looking uh, looking like around the world? Um, like, for example, I think recently the US uh, the US Fed uh, actually um, increased its interest rates. So are those some of the factors that are taken into consideration? Um, yes, all factors are taken into consideration. Obviously, they're looking at the prospective growth in the country as well against inflation because the higher the interest rates, the less likely we're going to have on growth in the in the country. And, uh, and the lower the interest rates, the more likely there's going to be growth because people have more money to spend on, on well, in the shops, basically, on... On, on goods and services. Um, we, they look at the, mainly our own economy. They can take into account what, what is happening elsewhere. But we've often been in a situation where we've had interest rates going up in South Africa when they've been coming down elsewhere and vice versa. So it, it's not a major factor in deciding which way interest rates are going to be. The Reserve Bank focuses on two main things. One is the current inflation rate along with projected future inflation and, of course, how that may affect economic growth in South Africa going forward. So. And there's something else that's uh, happened this week and is currently um, still taking place is that um, a number of uh, companies, especially those listed on the JSC, have been um, uh, announcing their results. Is there anything that we as, uh, you know, so the so-called normal South Africans um, should be paying attention to or, or are such things more uh, for the investors? Well, it all depends on, on how your listeners invest. I mean, it's very interesting if you happen to hold shares in those companies um, because it's also the time when they declare the dividend. And, of course, dividends is what is paid to shareholders as their share of, of, of the profits of a company. But to give you a, a, a couple of quick examples, uh, obviously Tiger Brands was one of the three companies that announced it, its uh, results. Now, Tiger Brands was a company at the center of the listerosis uh, outbreak earlier this year as they, uh, part of their group is, is uh, the Enterprise Food Division, which actually had factories closed down. And that had a, a, an impact of about a 17% in, in their results, they announced. And the other company is Famous Brands, and Famous Brands, for your listeners who don't know, own brands such as Wimpy, for example. Uh, they, they own a lot of these fast food chains, and their results were affected by a, a purchase uh, gourmet burger bar, I think, if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, in the UK, which they purchased when the interest rate, well, not the interest rates, the um, exchange rates were not in their favour. And their, their profits in that regard have been impacted by an improvement in, in the uh, 
rand pound exchange rate. So really, yes, if you are a shareholder in those companies, you're going to take great interest. For those of us who aren't yet investors or, or plan to invest in the future, you need to be aware of it. But it's not something which is going to affect your day-to-day life in South Africa, of course. Otherwise, um, is there, are there any other... Um, indicators that we should be looking forward to um, because uh, as we said uh, the MPC came out today um, companies have been uh, releasing results what's the next um, sort of period of announcements that we should be looking forward to well in- interest rates are announced once a month so that's always uh, one that's going to come up on a monthly basis fuel prices are announced once a month and certainly your listeners we're in severe danger, and it's not yet been announced, but we should get the announcement in the next day or two of what the June fuel price is going to be. Um, we're expecting fuel to go to its record level highs, which affects all of us, as we discussed before in this segment. Whether you own a car, whether you don't own a car, high fuel prices are affecting every single one of us. And it looks like we're going to be hit with fuel prices over 15 rand a litre for the first time. That's mainly due to uh, increased international oil prices. So although the oil price, the way which you see on the news and on a daily basis announced on, in the media, might be boring to a lot of your listeners, we need to be aware of which way it's going because it does affect our day-to-day fuel, of course. That was us on the line. We're talking to our financial expert, Ken Swettenham, giving us a roundup of the week's business and economics news. I can definitely attest to the fact that petrol has indeed gone up. I'm, I'm, I'm testifying, you know, because uh, we do consumer research uh, right here on the business bus for you. And I can say that today I went to put in, put in some fuel and I was shocked at the price that I saw. So if Ken is saying that we might see an above 15 uh, for the price of fuel, I can say that is a definite possibility given the price that I saw at the pump. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing, in terms of uh, company results, I was actually at the Tiger Brands um, company results announcement earlier today, and I can definitely say that the analysts that were there together with the journalists were taking the CEO to task about um, the listeriosis uh, issue quite a bit, even questions uh, coming around about um, should he be resigning or not. These are just some of the things that um, that are actually going on out there. Otherwise, for today, we are talking credit, as I said. Now, on the other side of this, we're going to be getting into our Buffalo Index and then our main discussion around credit, um, credit, pick and pay, debt culture in South Africa, credit scores, and all of that. So you want to stick around for this. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 grand. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to give you the state of your 100 rand with our Buffalo Index. In studio, I have my executive producer, Elna Schutz, to give us that roundup. How are you, Elna? I'm very well. And how's our 100 rand looking this week? This week, it's looking good. And so often on this feature on the Buffalo Index, it feels like I can't give you good news. (laughs) (laughs) Like your 100 bucks often just won't do it. Yeah. But when it comes to groceries, you can do pretty okay. Like 100 bucks is not nothing when it comes to, you know, just shopping for what you need for the Mm. day. Um, So you can do something like a big, nice towel. It can last you. We all need need a shower. You know, it's one of those things that you... Quick items. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely use your 100 bucks for that kind of thing. But let's get into actual things to eat. Yeah. 
I thought let's put together a little basket. Yeah. See how far can a hundred bucks get you if you want a really nice breakfast. <laughs> Maybe for yourself or for yourself and a couple of friends. Yeah. And I was surprised how far you can get. So for a hundred bucks you can get bread, sugar, tea bags, a spread for your bread, prepackaged bananas, yogurt, an energy bar, some milk, and some peanut butter. Are you being serious? Four hundred bucks. That that is the entire thing. Yeah. And and, and there's no bacon. And I'm looking at someone. And <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only problem there. But hey, but we're we're keeping it simple. Yes. We're yeah. keeping it simple. And I'm actually quite entertained because a lot of the items you just spoke about is not something that you're gonna finish in one sitting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like you're not gonna eat a whole loaf of bread. I mean, yeah. I can't speak on behalf of everyone <laughs> listening, but I'm assuming that's gonna last you uh, at least for more than one person or more than one meal. Um and the other thing here is a lot of the things that I that I quoted here were small packages. So just one energy bar or just a small amount of peanut butter. Mm. And and you can do that if you don't have, you know, the thirty bucks to buy a whole like tin of peanut butter or jar of peanut butter, then then don't. Buy yeah. the smaller buy the smaller packet, even though it's more expensive in bulk, if you look at it like that. Yeah. To buy lots of the little ones. Often we only have that one hundred bucks. <laughs> like, let's be serious. And how much was? How much is everything that you just listed? The total comes in at one hundred rand and thirty cents mm. on the dot, mm. just nicely. Mm. So, if you're planning a breakfast, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but now you've had your beautiful breakfast. Yep. Groceries are obviously not just about the food, and I find mm. that so often when I'm shopping that your food um, can often be cheap, but there's so many other things that your house needs, yep. right, on a regular basis. Things like toilet paper is pretty expensive. We all know this. Yes. But just in terms of cleaning supplies, if we're looking again, trying to fill that hundred bucks, mm. you can get a nice bottle of dishwashing liquid, one of those scourers, you mm. know, to get that little bit of bacon. Which, get in there, yeah. Yeah, which you have Get all the dirt. When you haven't bought your bacon, <laughs> but if you have, you can, you know, scour the, uh, the, the pan afterwards. Some black garbage bags, we all need them and we really can't, those are, that's one of those things you really can't skip yeah. out on. You can't say, I am deciding not to do garbage. Yes, that's true. Right? Uh, and then some kitchen wipes because you need that. Yeah. All of that comes in at 94 rands and 19 cents. I'm happy about the Buffalo Index this week. Like, it's we've, a we, yes, one it's, for it's, now. it's a good one. Like, yeah. you can do a lot with your 100 rand. Yeah. It's, yeah. And and I think today talking about credit and and specifically groceries and, and credit sometimes it can be so negative because we all would like <laughs> another hundred rand yes, right somewhere yes. on the side. But if you look at it um, in simple terms like this, it can be kind of encouraging to say no. I can actually most of the time, most of the time we can afford just the basics. Hmm. Those are just the basics. Thank you so much to Elna giving us uh, our the state of your 100 Rand with our Buffalo Index. As you heard there, for 100 Rand, you can get a very decent breakfast. You can do it. It's not going to have bacon, but it can be done. And then after that, you can also clean um, your kitchen. On the other side of this, we're getting into the actual discussion around groceries, around credit and all of that. And uh, what does it actually mean for you? Should you be buying your groceries on credit? These are some of the questions that we 
we are answering on the other side of this. Keep it locked. We are 88.1. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz. Remember that you can keep the conversation going. We are Vow FM. That's Voice of Vits on Facebook. And you can also find us uh, on Vits Radio Academy. Our hashtag on Twitter is hashtag Business Buzz. And you can find us at Vow FM. So for today, we are talking about uh, credit. We're talking about groceries. Uh, we're talking about credit scores. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that uh, recently Pick and Pay actually started offering a product where you can get your groceries on credit credit and uh, to the last research that I personally read about 56,000 customers had actually taken this up so far and uh, there was a little bit of controversy around 1 billion uh, about a billion rand um, that is said I need I'm doing air quotes right now you picture me doing air quotes um, that is said to have already been given out uh, but pick and pay has actually you know come out against that to say no People are getting all of that wrong. And uh, we have Elna in studio to give us what Pick and Pay actually said. Mm, yeah, we did invite them on the show. They were yeah. unfortunately not able to be here, but I do have the statement. I'm just yeah. going to read it out for you because it does clarify so much about these headlines. That yeah. I feel a lot of people got touched by these headlines <laughs> without even reading the articles True. or checking checking through in, anything. They're just thinking, oh. Pick and pay is doing this and that when when maybe they aren't. Mm. So, um, as I said, just reading the statement, the pick and pay store card is not just for food, but for anything that customers may wish to buy in store. Because, of course, pick and pay stocks a wide variety of items. Yeah. Also, appliances, we all know this, toys, TVs, fridges, whatever it might be. And um, in a broader scale, hundreds and thousands of South Africans already use credit cards for convenience. And this is simply a cheaper and more convenient way to do so. This coming from Pick and Pay. The one billion rand figure, and this is where we really get to it. (laughs) This figure that appeared in the media was unfortunately not accurate at all. This figure referred to the total credit facility made available. It does not refer to credit taken up by customers, which is a small fraction of that. In other words, it is not the level of debt customers have incurred. Our records show that our customers are being extremely responsible with this credit, taking advantage of 55 days credit when paying it back in full. The store card has proved very popular because it offers customers who pass the stringent conditions to be granted granted credit the ability to pay any money spent on the card back with 55 days free credit with no interest. Credit granted to smart shoppers is on the basis of very strict criteria. Again, so no indebted customers or those who can't afford credit are able to access this facility. Credit granted, of course, is in line with the National Credit Act and the RCS, which is the company that provides the credit, not pick and pay. So there's the statement. Yep. I think the important part there is that figure that we saw everywhere mm. is the full availability. Yeah. It's not what people are act- actually have taken on credit. So I just thought it was important to say to say that because you know we we want to give brands <laughs> their chance yeah. to stand up on this show and not and not just run with the headlines. But at the same time, I'm quite excited about the rest of the conversation on the show today because this isn't just about pick and pay. Yeah. And, uh, but actually, um, 
even though this is not all about pick and pay there's uh in the statement all right the last part of the statement is actually uh it's actually quite interesting to me a bit amusing uh because they they keep stressing the fact that um anyone who gets the credit goes through a stringent check they use the word they say strict criteria so they're trying to show us that it's a serious thing but in my head i'm trying to uh, reconcile in my head um, the credit check that a person has to go through to buy a car versus uh, the credit check that someone has to go through to, um, let's say, buy groceries. A credit check is a credit check, right? But are you going to be as strict to someone about groceries as you are to them about a house? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Mm, especially because those are obviously very vastly different numbers that we're yeah. talking about too. I'm assuming you're not buying credit for, you know, billions of rands. And I'm actually going to, yeah, it'll be interesting because we have, uh, we're going to be talking to Davina later on and it'll be interesting to hear if, you know, these are some of the things that are considered when, you know, a person is being rated for credit. Mm. Mm. So that's it in terms of uh, the statement coming through from Pick and Pay. Uh, but to continue the discussion, we actually, um, uh, we actually spoke to an analyst earlier on about what it means um, for the general economy. Uh, Economy, what it means for consumer behavior and some of the pitfalls. To give us a bit of a sense around how the issue of pick and pay giving out credit in terms of groceries and all of that stuff, uh, we are joined on the line by Daniel Isaacs from 361 Asset Management. He is an equity analyst and he's just going to give us some broad sense around what this actually means for the economy, consumer behavior and what we should be expecting in the, in the months and years to come. How are you, Daniel? Yeah, good. Uh, good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on this uh, on the show. Thank you so much for being on. So, for us to begin our discussion, what are some of the reasons for Pick and Pay's move into the lending space? So, I mean, I guess from my point of view, the main reason would be to facilitate further consumer purchases, uh, mainly for consumers at the lower LSM spectrum. Uh, so, the guys earning a bit less because. You know, thinking about it, the guy shopping at the upper end could still buy on credit basically on their credit card. Yeah. Um, so this would be a more straightforward form of allowing purchases through uh, an easier channel like the pick and pay store card, which you theoretically have on you anyway. So in terms of so in terms of that, there are some stats um, that are out in the out and about, and we're not too sure uh, whether they're true or not. We do have a statement from Pick and Pay uh, talking about um, the one billion rand in debt since the program has started. So from you, what I wanted to understand with figures like this floating around, um, what does that show or indicate about the debt appetite and spending habits of South Africans right now? Mm-hmm. So right, so that number, so that billion rand number, that's quoted. That was quoted in their results. Yeah. Um, now, my understanding of that number is that is that that is the headroom that's been created. So, yeah. in other words, capacity up to a billion has been provided. Okay. But the actual sales of a billion haven't happened yet. Yeah. Um, so I think the sales on credit have just started. So what will be interesting to see at the next results is is two things. One, if that billion rand capacity has been increased. Yeah. And two, how much of that capacity has been used up. And that'll give you a good indication of the level of take-up of that food on credit offering. 
So that then begs the question, if um, an inst- if an institution in the retail space like Pick and Pay is making headroom and making and giving itself uh, a leeway of about a billion rand to say that we expect that we might get to this figure, what does that then mean about the the spending habits of South Africans? Because it probably means they did some research and came up to this figure uh, as a realistic figure of the type of appetite that South Africans might have uh, for a product like the one they're offering now. Yeah. Look, I think uh, you know. I think that there's a there's a couple of data points you can look at that show that the consumer is under strain. Yeah. Um, and if we look at you know, I think last year there was quite a significant impact from the massive escalation in the maize price. Yeah. Feeding through into the basic food groups and into all the feedstock of other food groups. For example, it's a main feedstock feedstock for chickens, so the chicken price went up. So the maize price has come down significantly, and that's created a bit of headroom for consumers. Yeah. But, um, you know, we have petrol prices increasing all the time. So transport costs have gone through the roof. Um, you know, so guys, guys are still under pressure. And um, I think Pick and Pay recognizes this. And I think they wanted to create another avenue for consumers uh, to be able to take up their, their product offering. So... so so, so basically, I mean, really, what it is, it's it's just another way of um, the of a retailer taking market share in an already constrained consumer environment. So, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do, uh, <laughs> because you know you do have credit offering in 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 multiple formats. Yeah. Um, but you know, but that's that's pretty much simply the way I see things. You know, providing another avenue for consumers to 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 purchase. So. Is the business model of lending for groceries, for example, is that something that's actually um, sustainable that other supermarket chains, for example, might uh, be looking to as as a way of extending their business model? Yeah, so that's uh, so that's an interesting question. I think I think I'd look at it more from the point of view of you know is there is there capacity and ability for the lower LSMs to purchase on credit? Yeah. Because uh, like, like like we were mentioning before, the business model, you know, has has catered to food credits on purchases because guys are purchasing on their credit cards anyway. Yeah. But for the market that doesn't maybe have direct access to to credit facilities, um, is you know how successful will you be selling food on credit? I think I think you'll make the sales, and then obviously the follow up question will be, um, you know, how safe are those how safe are those loans? Now, as far as I understand it, the loan is not on pick and pay's book. You know, they're doing it in association with uh, with RC with the RCS group, okay. which quite a few retailers have a relationship with. I think Massmart as well. Yeah. So, so I don't really see. You know, so in terms of testing out, in terms of testing out the lower LSM uh, food purchase on credit dynamic, I don't think there's big risk to pick and pay to to roll out the, this test phase uh, of that model. Okay. And uh, and I think the other thing that our listeners might be 
um, wanting to to know. I know it's certainly something I'm curious about. Um, has to do with uh, the fact that many furniture and clothing retailers are registered financial services providers, and it also seems that this is the space in which um, pick and pay might see itself getting into if this test phase is successful. So the question then becomes: Are we moving to a point where? the traditional retail industry will not be competing directly with the financial uh, financial services industry in terms of lending and debt and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, so, so, so like you rightly say, the, uh, um, the provision of credit and a, and a financial services focus has, has permeated throughout the retail industry for some time. I mean, you know, we've got uh, truers selling 70% of their merchandise on credit for years. Yeah. Um, so, so, but now, has that, has that replaced the traditional channels of credit? So, to date, it has not. Um, and personally, I don't see it, uh, I don't see it disintermediating the, uh, the, the banks and the financial space um, in that regard. Yeah. So, I think, uh, I think, I think some retailers have played in the space of, for example, microloans, um, and you might think to yourself that this is a threat to the likes of a Capitec. Yeah. Um, but to date, you know, no serious threat has materialised in that space. So I'd see it more as just a, as just a product add-on for the retailers, and not a serious threat uh, to the financial service players who've been playing in that space for a long time. Okay. So I th- I think. Uh, as we round up our conversation, uh, the last thing we would want to get from you for our listeners, because we have a lot of um, young listeners, especially um, the varsity students and the young professionals that are listening to us, um, they might want to know uh, the broader conversation around debt. Uh, what are some advice and tips that you might have um, around what types of debt to get into? Because whether we like it or not, um, debt is a part of our life, and at some point, um, we will have to incur it to either do a big project or just because you're strapped for cash. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so look, uh, I mean, in terms of in terms of purchasing, in terms of reaching a level of life that you'd like um, and that you can't yet afford, like for example, buying a house. You know, the whole mortgage industry is based on that, and debt in that context uh, can be healthy to a degree. But um, where it's very, where it's poisonous is in overextending yourself in terms of uh, you know perishable or depreciating items. Yeah. So overextending yourself and paying significant interest on things like a car is uh, you know is like a, is a is a is a typical uh, is is I'd, I'd say that's probably the most typical pitfall. Yeah. You know, obviously you want to have uh, nice things uh, early on, <laughs> but um, you know if you if you pay too much in uh, in interest upfront for that, it's going to cost you a lot. Uh, in terms of your in terms of your ability for for future purchases and just the general quality of your life later on yeah okay something and and and, and, and something else I'd just like to mention is yeah um, also you know I think it was Einstein who said the most powerful force in the world is compounding um, so and there's 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 different statistics i don't I don't remember the exact numbers but there's you know, there's fun facts like due to the power of compounding, Warren Buffett made, uh, you know, uh, 70 to 90 percent of his fortune after the age of 60 because it just compounded on what he had already made. Yeah. So obviously, 
besides for the fact of just taking out debt and paying interest, you're also foregoing the ability to save and invest. And the earlier you start, the earlier, the earlier you start compounding, um, the more the compound effect kicks in later on in life um, and the bigger the gain. So not only the effect of getting into debt, but also the, the, um, the cost up front of missing out on investing early and compounding on those returns is quite significant. Yeah. Okay, so I'm actually very taken, you know, by that. Uh, That was us on the line talking to uh, Daniel Isaacs, who is an equity analyst uh, with 361 Asset Management, just giving us a broad sense of what um, it means when a supermarket chain like Pick and Pay starts offering credit. Uh, The big takeaway from there, um, as you heard, is uh, the law of compound interest. You'd rather start saving and investing now when you're young so that later on in life you can reap those uh, rewards and those benefits and you heard from him as well that you should not be overextending yourselves yes there are things like houses um, that you should be investing in through debt uh, but other items especially I like the word that he used he used the word um, perishable items these are the items that are going to go away you know it's not something that's going to be there in 10 15 20 years time like a house so when it comes to perishable items don't be getting into debt for such things so that's it uh, for that thank you so much to daniel for talking to us on the other side of this we continue the conversation around the issue of credit supermarkets pick and pay and what does this mean for consumer behavior keep it locked this is 88.1 Mob Justice on the business bus we are talking we are talking credit uh, right here on the business bus today uh, we just came from giving some insight into what's going on uh, in terms of the pick and pay uh, pick and pay story and situation um, around giving credit for groceries if it's going to be a sustainable thing and I personally think it is um, because a lot of people might want uh, small things here and there and as pick and pay said a lot of people have already taken up um, the credit as is but moving on to the broader conversation around what it means um what credit means and also uh yeah moving on to the uh, broader conversation around credit itself and also credit checks and what your credit score actually means uh, what type of uh, debt and credit you should be getting into we are joined on the line by uh, Davina Myberg who is from TransUnion uh, she is a director of product innovation and uh, solutions group how are you Davina I'm fine thank you um, so as a point of departure, please could you just give our listeners a sense of what does your credit score or report actually um, take into account? What types of things is your DSTV, for example, that debit order on your DSTV, is it weighed the same as uh, the clothes that someone is buying for Foshini uh, versus a bond that someone might have on a house? What, what's actually being taken into account and how is it then calculated? Okay, so basically your credit report um, is a report that's available to all consumers. They can get it once a year off the mytransunion.co.za website for free. So you, anybody can download their report and see what's on it so that they're aware of what a creditor would look at. And basically what would be on your report would be any of your payment profile accounts that you have somewhere. So that would include your DSTV or... Um, telecom account, your cellular account, your 
household accounts, if you've got a mortgage or a vehicle asset finance, credit cards, all of the credit that you sign up for would be shown on your credit, uh, your credit report. That information is all utilized to create a credit score. Your credit score is based on your payment profile behavior, based on whether you've got any judgments or defaults against your name due to poor payment behavior. It looks at how many inquiries get done against your profile um, to see whether somebody is becoming overextended in terms of credit. Um, and it also looks at non-credit things. So certain things can indicate risks such as the area that you live in, um, the whether you've got a qualification or not. Those those different elements also add to your your credit score to sort of say how especially in a thin file where you don't have credit, to say how likely are you to repay your credit in the future. Um, now that we know the things that are actually being taken into account, um, the, the question then becomes: What does a healthy credit? What does healthy credit actually look like? What's the if credit is if you if the different items you have on credit are a portfolio? What type of things should you be having in a portfolio um, that are considered actually healthy um, credit or debt? So I think the, the biggest thing is not to become overextended. Yeah. So you you sort of start off as a thin file, somebody who doesn't have any credit, and we've just got demographic information on that individual. Generally, they'd start off as a thin file. Most people apply for a cellular account or a retail account as their first account. That would then add a payment profile line onto their, their um, credit report. And if they pay that well, they would then be able to qualify for a credit card. And if that behavior is paid off well, they would be able to look for, for bigger lines of finance, et cetera. So as it doesn't necessarily have to follow those exact steps, but that's the general path that a, a customer would go through. So basically a good credit profile is one that has some credit on it, but credit that is paid up to date on time and that you're not overextended compared to what your income salary is for instance versus your cost um, of credit. Um, I like the fact that you bring up the fact that a good credit uh, good credit profile is one that has some credit on it um, because one of the big contentions is is it even necessary for someone um, to to be in debt or take credit somewhere uh, if uh, being indebted or overextended is causing so many problems is it not better for a person to just have no debts whatsoever well, it all depends on how the person's able to maintain a balance between their costs and their income. So a credit, having credit on your credit profile is not a bad thing as long as you're using it responsibly. If you can live credit-free, that's obviously great um, because then you never owe any extra fees on anything for, for anything you buy. So, for instance, if you take out a credit card, you would always be paying interest and annual fees. Whereas if you're able to pay up front, you wouldn't have that. However, there are other benefits to having a credit card. There's rewards programs, there's the ability to have travel insurance when you book your air ticket on it, etc. So it's not always easy to live a credit-free lifestyle. The key is being able to manage whatever costs you take in. And I think 
it's very important up front when you're applying for credit for you to understand how much your repayments are going to be every month and make sure that you can afford that before you take that credit. And then moving on from there, how does one actually then decide um, when it's actually worth it to actually get into debt? Um, some people might be wanting to buy a car, for example, or uh, or get into, might be renting a flat but want to buy the flat. Or in some cases, someone want, might want to just buy some clothes on credit. So at what point do you, would you advise our young listeners to say, okay, fine, this is a better situation in which um, to actually get into debt or a situation in which um, debt is unavoidable and it would be prudent for you to actually um, make use of debt instruments that are available to you? So unfortunately, I'm not really in the position to provide advice as to when you should go into debt. I I think for me, the biggest thing is that you should not take on debt that you don't need. Um, There are certain products that really become lifestyle products and potentially you would have credit on them. So, for instance, uh, a certain store card or a credit card to get the benefits and the, the rewards programs and that, those obviously would be a personal choice whether you wanted to, to take that. But ultimately, you should never take credit if you don't need it. it credit will always cost you more than buying something cash. Yeah. So that is something that always has to be taken into consideration. Generally, when somebody's starting out, they, they don't have enough money to, for instance, buy their first vehicle, and then they push into taking credit for that or for a student loan um, or a credit card or whatever the case may be. But the key is always to make sure that whatever that repayment is, they can manage it. And it's also critical to understand that the payment is linked to an interest rate, and the interest rate can waver. So um, they have to be able to still afford the payment if the interest rate goes up. I think and I think something that our listeners might be interested to know um, around all of this credit, uh, all, of, all of these credit issues, because um, you mentioned earlier how it takes into consideration your your buying pro, your buying um, your buying behaviors, for example, um, the different types of debts that you might have, but. The issue of identity theft has actually become a bit of a problem in recent years. So if, for example, someone is to steal my identity um, and then start, let's say, making um, crazy purchases that I cannot realistically pay back, does that not negatively affect my credit profile? And how do you then go to correct something like that? So, yes, initially that can, and um, there's two things that can be done. So, firstly, there is a way to monitor your your bureau profile. So, you can sign on to mytransunion.ca.za, get your free credit report, and then you can sign up for our monitoring should you want to monitor. And every time anybody does an inquiry on your report, you would get an alert, which would tell you, Outsurance did an inquiry on your report, and you can say, wait a minute, I didn't go to outsurance, and phone the bureau and query it. Um, the other thing is that as soon as you pick up on your profile that something is incorrect, you can log a dispute with the bureau. So you'd phone up our call center at absolutely no cost, tell us what the problem is, what looks like inaccurate information on your profile, and we would advise you as to how we would go and remove the uh, information. So some of the things you'd have to take up with the retailer or the bank as well to inform them that it was fraudulent on your um, application. 
and um, that obviously would need to have some kind of criminal case uh, that you've opened at the police. Then they would remove it off your profile. They would do all the investigations on their side. And on, from our side, we would log a dispute and make sure that none of the information shows on your credit profile. To continue with the theme around uh, the issues of security, um, because you mentioned how the consumers are actually free and able to get a credit report from your organization. Who is who has access to uh, someone's credit score? Is that information in the in the public domain, um, or is that pr- privileged information amongst certain institutions? Um, how is this? How is the, that information sharing actually um, governed? Okay, so um, your information would sit at the bureau as a, a credit bureau that is completely governed by the National Credit Act as well as by the Credit Bureau Association. We keep that information and we would only give it out when somebody has your consent. So, for instance, in order to access your own credit report, you go through what we call a identity manager system and it asks you certain knowledge-based authentication questions, send your one-time PIN, um, so it's very secure and finds out exactly who you are before, while you register before you're allowed access to your report. So that is quite a secure system in terms of Nobody can just go on, log on, and get access to your report. In terms of our clients that utilize credit reports when making a credit decision, they would have to have a signed agreement with you before they're allowed to do an inquiry into the Bureau. And these are things that are in place and are part of um, legislation, so they're heavily regulated. And at any stage, someone could ask the bank or the retailer or whoever has done an inquiry on your profile we can ask them for proof that they had your consent to do that. So that was us. We're talking talking to uh, Davina Mayberg, who is from TransUnion. Uh, She's a director of Product Innovations and Solutions Group. Um, Some takeaways from her, I think the the one at the end is the big one for me. The fact that your credit history, your credit reports are safe. She is assuring us that your information is safe and that for even you to get it, you have to go through a verification process so for third parties to go through it they also need to jump through a lot of hoops and that information is not in the public domain for anyone and everyone to access so on the other side of this we end off our show you're listening to 88.1 more justice on the business bars so that's it in terms of uh, the business buzz for this week. Um, thank you to everyone who was listening to our show and for everyone who spoke to us uh, around the issue of credit in South Africa. Specifically, uh, we spoke a little bit around uh, the issue of pick and pay is credit, uh, the fact that uh, they are giving out credit for uh, groceries. Uh, we're able to get a statement from them around the $1 billion controversial amount um, that's been uh, spoken about quite a bit in recent years. And also, uh, we've we've also been uh, talking to uh, Davina in our last interview, who gave us a roundup of how your credit score is actually calculated, what types of things are taken into account, and the type, and how you can actually access your own credit profile. So that's it in terms of the show for this week. We hope that everyone has been listening to the show and enjoyed the content for this week. If you have uh, any contribution 
institutions you want to continue with the conversation uh, we actually had a tweet earlier on where uh, we had someone telling us that they will never ever buy groceries on credit so you can continue the conversation with us on facebook we have our fm that's voice of vits and uh we also have our vits radio academy page on twitter we're at vow fm and our hashtag is hashtag business buzz 0840784912 is the number to catch us on whatsapp and you can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on journalism.co.za forward slash business and Remember that we are also on iTunes. I need to say that we are also on iTunes. With that, that's the end of tonight's show. Uh, thank you to our amazing team, our executive producer, Elna Schutz, and our technical production that's done by Kutluano Serame. Don't miss the business bus, same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. More justice on the business bus. Listen to the business bus every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Only on Vow. With them. The Business Buzz Podcast.